art and labor is supported by listeners like you through our Patreon at patreon.com slash art and labor. Um, and we have bonus episodes there, bonus writing there, and, um, you know, all sorts of little goodies. Uh, we also have a Discord where we've been doing more screenings. Um, it's very fun. If you need people to talk to about uh, your shitty job, it's a great place for that. Um, and Lucia also has a Discord for her free school. Her Well, it's a collective free school that she's part of called Constructing the Real. Yeah. And there's hey, a what's really up? exciting new class. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. Hi. We are doing the free school thing for real. I'm going to be uh, on less episodes, if anybody's noticed, that I'm kind of absent occasionally, but it's because I am working on uh, facilitating a DIY school. Um, our new course, Revolutionary Art, is going to be starting Wednesday, March 3rd. Um, but if you hear this after that, don't worry about it. We are accepting people on a rolling basis. And if you would just like to be a part of the community, we'll be having other courses coming down the line. So you can find out, um, you know, more about that at constructingthereal.com. Yes, I'm, I'm going to be in it. I'm excited um, for this course. And Hopefully, like, you know, we'll we'll keep talking about it as it goes on because it's, you know, definitely very relevant to the stuff we talk about on on this podcast, too. Uh, so check it out, everybody. And thank you for your continued support of Art and Labor. So, so Obama's got his new podcast. Is that just is... Bruce Springsteen just a co-host of it, or was he just on that first episode? <laughs> if it was like Obama and Bruce, oh, oh, oh no, wait, I thought I thought you said Bruce Willis. I heard Bruce Willis <laughs> when you said Bruce. Oh, <laughs> uh, I heard Bruce Springsteen, but it's still it is still funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a very it's such an all American odd couple. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it seems very in line with like the Obama brand of like, um, you know, uh, absorbing anything with like any sort of like cultural political relevance. Oh um, yeah, like the tried and true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I've always thought of Bruce as the like American, the Smiths, or like American Morrissey. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like fills the same ecological yeah, I, niche. I think it does. Um, I, I'm following. I'm Lucia's not. Lucia's like what? <laughs> I, 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 because I, it's it's so different though. Because it's like Morrissey right. yeah. is. I mean, a shithead. Okay. No. No. Bruce no. I mean, as much of a shithead. Morrissey's. I bad. just think they have a different Morrissey's like sad kind of a bitch. But that's the thing. Bruce Springsteen songs Bruce are too. sad. I think and they just sound good. happy, like. But it's industrial. <laughs> He's a worker. That's why it's American, because <laughs> the industry is gone from from. Well, Britain. there's a reason why goth and industrial are often grouped together. Also, 
Okay. Yeah, I can I can handle that. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. Listen to listen to uh Born to l- run. run. Born yeah. to run. Yeah. Maybe we born to run. Oh god. I had like a good couple of years where I would just pretend to um be singing bruce springsteen songs anywhere i was and it was like uh it was like you know essentializing it to like in the heat of the night and you run in the dark and when the and the cars are passing you in the rain and and all i have left is you you just gotta get that bandana around your head and like live it no the more the after actually just singing like that i was like oh yeah it is kind of morrissey actually (laughs) (laughs) never mind it took me a minute to like i had to learn by doing yeah exactly that was i didn't know it i didn't feel it until because i didn't really know any of bruce springsteen's music until i just had like and i was solidly out of my smith's phase uh and yeah, I, yeah. Well, welcome to Art and Labor. Um, we're a podcast about Bruce Springsteen, the boss, the big boss. We love bosses; they're a big thing on this podcast. Um, Rise and grind. Yeah, make America great again. Um, um, Andrew Yang for mayor. Log into Snapchat at five a.m. <laughs> to oh, get yeah. the special Rise and Grind sticker. Look make content every day every day yes. i reopened snapchat for the first time in like two years specifically because they now have a filter um that turns your face into like pixar and oh, it's like no. horrifying great oh. it's really good though but it also was 5 a.m because i had stayed up all night and uh and so I, I think they cut it. They cut it off. You don't get to rise and grind after like ten a.m. or something. Is, is that like up? a part of it? Is that like built into the into the app? Like that's part of it. I've never been on it. Yeah, they. So there's like, um, I can't remember what they're called, but like, there will be there will be specific ones for like your area too. So there are like New York and Brooklyn specific ones. That just once you take the picture, you can kind of swipe them. Um, right. And, and the rising, like people will do uh, specific ones for like their weddings. So if you're in the area of the wedding, you would be able to some semi tag it with it's, Wait, it's. So it's like stupid. rise and grind, but it's like rise and be wedded. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's like Lucy and Emmett. Huh. Live, laugh, love, and forever. Wow, sick. sick. Yeah. Yeah. In this house, <laughs> in this house, we, uh, I don't know. Fuck, we I believe science. Black lives matter. Um, oh, everybody yeah. is equal. Go Cuomosexual. I'm a Cuomosexual. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm so excited that Cuomo's gonna be impeached. <laughs> I I mean, it's gonna I work. Hope. It's totally gonna be. 
Oh. <laughs> oh no. no, it just looks like light. <laughs> maybe I can take a picture of you. Maybe it'll work on you guys. No. Sarah, no. was anybody in your life a homosexual? Because I had to encounter a couple of times, but not like super hardcore. Uh, I think it was more like... No, not homosexuals. It was it was just the thing where like anything New York did was better than Texas. And mm. like today, Greg Abbott announced that they're going to follow California and just like end their mask shit and reopen everything and like fuck Full it. Full capacity. Right? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. yeah. Uh, give everyone a gun. It's the purge now. Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, uh, what I was reading about Texas is that it's basically, um, like s super segregationist, like the, the state keeps like seizing all the vaccines for like the rich suburbs. And like when the feds tried to intervene to like, um, get more vaccines to the city, then the state like took that out of their, out of the, the, the city's total, um, and so Budget. just like kept them yeah. like, like they had a certain allotment coming from mm. the state that is already um, much very like a huge disparity between the, the wealthier suburbs and rural areas. And then the feds tried to intervene, but then the state made it even less. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Brutal. I mean, this it's kind of like weird to think like until a few years ago, like all of those states in the South had to run by, had to like get all of their election laws approved by by the federal government because they were like, even were in so 2005, it's like, no, you're still too racist. We have to like check this. And it was just yeah. like a, yeah. And then they immediately made it more racist as soon as they didn't have that oversight. But um. <sighs> That's so brutal. And then they, the Democrats completely um, sabotaged the Beto thing. And uh, now <laughs> there's really no. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Freaking. <laughs> like, uh... it's, yeah, they're, it's a lot of uh, reform projects are getting wholesale abandoned, of course. Um, Somehow the surprising. thing that pisses me off the most about, about Beto O'Rourke was that, like, Beto is is like a nickname for Gilberto, mm -hmm. and he like you know, and it's like no, that's not or his name. Roberto, but well, there's but... There, it's like the equivalent of Gilbert, but like Gilberto, okay. and but Beto can be a nickname for that, and I feel like he was very. I think he was specifically trying to make this idea that he was <laughs> he was Latinx, um, even though he's like not no yeah that was that's definitely going yeah. on that's like a, a classic yeah. um upper middle class white person thing to do huh yeah exactly i tried to do it in high school it's like not a good look <laughs> <laughs> you can just like hire a bunch of let latino and latinx people on your staff and campaign and you know show that way but it's never it's never any material thing like that it it's some symbolic gesture um, or like let people who aren't the sons of 
what was his dad, a senator or like an ambassador or something? No, his wife um, is an heiress. His wife is an heiress. No, but his dad is something too, because he was just like a fuck up punk who had to come home. Great. (laughs) From New York. (laughs) That's why Gen X loves him, because they all went to New York for about six months and then came back. Keep Austin weird. All right. Yeah, keep Austin <laughs> <laughs> um, He's El Paso. Don't associate me with him. Austin's worse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, I've, I had some like family members like during, during like quarantine and stuff. It, it became really hard for me to talk to my family because I was just like, I'm here right now and I'm telling you what's happening. And you'd rather listen to the, the MSNBC and it hurts my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, the, it's uh, brutal. Man. Like all this stuff with, with Cuomo being a huge sex, all of this was known uh, and and it, it it's just like the Biden Tara Reid stuff all over again. It's it's like I, I think it'll actually stick more on him though, um, because I don't know why. Actually, I don't know why because like, he's got more he's got more sinister eyebrows. That's part of it. That's a very good point. Yeah, <laughs> that might be it. He might also be short. I don't remember how tall he is. Let's look that up. The the stress the stress is making him look more and more like the crypt keeper like every day. So at least someone there's some on sort Twitter of, like uh, put or like just had the photo of him doing that crazy maniacal smile and was like, "Oh, a new new season of Attack on Titan coming out! Like yeah. love it." <laughs> no, my friend Kurt. Yeah, like like literally. Yeah, that was my it friend was, Kurt yeah. who does who does TXT press, and I was like, "You need to you need to Photoshop this." <laughs> You made a gif of it. And it's like one-to-one. It looks exactly like the fucking Attack on Titan tribe. I didn't even watch the show and I know. It's so funny. <laughs> He's such a monster and he should Cuomo be killed is... with giant swords like flying in the sky. Like That would be very Somebody just. get I mean... me a, a bungee cord and a katana. I'll take care of this one. He's 5'11", I feel like... so not bad. Do you... But something that's like keeps happening in New York state is like, I think like, you know, here we, we have all these like historic, like labor ties and labor wins. And then like, um, you know, we have the, the most expensive police, um, like on the planet that like, you know, then has partnerships with other police all over the globe as well. And, uh, you know, so we have all these like uh, deep ties to the surveillance apparatus um, that I think kind of goes hand in hand with trying to undo any like um, any reforms that the labor movement can get through. But then also um, like the most recent thing I've been thinking about is um, how uh, Cuomo um, like might actually get indicted because like new york like what like we in indicted indicted uh harvey we indicted uh epstein and gislaine 
Um, and they keep doing these like kind of high profile ones, like to, I think my theory, I guess, is like maybe undercut some of the protests that, you mm-hmm. know, persist because it's not, you know, the, the, the shit hasn't really materially changed like that much. Um, so perhaps like, like, you know, we have Letitia James, um, like trying to prove that like some of this shit is functional sometimes. So don't, don't abandon the, don't don't abandon us. Don't, you know, there's still accountability. We swear, we swear there's some, and it's like, I don't know. Did that work for Chicago? Like when, like in Chicago, like all of their, all isn't like all of their governors have like five of their governors have, uh, Mayors? been indicted and some have been to prison was it mayors i don't i don't know but I don't it's know like anything that's about... something yeah there's like huge history of like chicago actually holding some politicians accountable for corruption um, i mean i i think it's but... like also because it's it was so bad in chicago like mm-hmm. but i also feel like you would probably see the same thing in in new york if people actually took a closer look at anything i don't know um no there is a big you know corrupt democrat machine it's just it's right. it's a tricky optical thing because like the democrats need to save face nationally and you you know i mean not anymore now now joe biden is the democratic party so all of that shit's got out the window but um (laughs) you know um i don't know if i i put it i said this on on the podcast but i had been talking to people about it and i think like that like that the fact that bernie completely changed the dialogue in america way too far to the left i think that people were like you know also in a position where they were going to listen to someone like bernie sanders But the Mm. fact that he, like, that it just, you can have everyone, like, 60, 70% of the country to the left of the Democratic Party, and it doesn't mean anything for the actual platform or for the party or the, you know, like, that to me feels like the, feels like the nail in the coffin, and it's not going to be, but of this, like, idea that we can just advocate (laughs) Or that we can pressure politicians to do better. Like, it's, uh, yeah. I've been it's reading really a lot. Brutal. Oh, yeah, it's no, brutal. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a lot because like, yeah, the, you know, the, the, the groups that I'm in and follow, like everybody's just still on like pressure, this pressure, this call, this person, call this person. And it's just like, this isn't working uh and yeah can't I, I was doing this. I was reading a lot in the past couple of days about um Syriza in Greece and how that all kind of fell apart in 2015 um and like this this article I was reading brought it up brought up that like in 2014 <clears throat> you had a 32-day general strike but it didn't actually change anything like 
And, and then it was like, well, you have to actually start looking like if you're, if you're able to have a general strike for a country or at least for Athens, I think, um, then, then something's wrong. If like, you're not getting any results from that, it means that you just do not have a functioning left. And it's like sad to read that because it's like, oh, this is like a sector of Syriza that is like, they're literally communists or they're literally like anti-capitalists at least. And, and mm -hmm. like, you still can just fail in all of these <laughs> ways. And yeah, there are so many ways to, to fail, but I wish we were even at that point of failure. Oh, in for sure. Own. Yes. Cause being in the, in the same cycle of failure over and over again, my whole like uh, voting life, um, it just sucks. And uh, <laughs> it was like, a, it was a nice little trip down memory lane where like, um, like I reread that my favorite fake post of all time, which is when the ANCAP guy goes to Greece and gets the shit kicked out of him by actual anarchists. Um, <laughs> yeah, if only, God, <laughs> if only we can knock sense into. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I try not to look too much into, um, the, the, the politics terror vision. Cause it's really, there's nothing there. <laughs> it's all, it's like looking, looking into the same toilet. Like what, it's not going to really change <laughs> that much. Like, you know, <laughs> no, but I think like it's, uh, like there are there are like demonstrative lessons out of out of Syriza, which is kind of like they just didn't have a real plan, you know. They they like they had nothing to come to to the well. I mean, yeah. Anyway, if people listening to this don't know that much about the Greek financial crisis, and then that escalated into a total change of government. And then they had a referendum on whether they were going to um, accept this really terrible deal by a combination of like the IMF, the European central Bank, and the European commission, which had already been dangling, like ha had, has been considering kicking Greece out of the EU since like the EU started. Um, and, constantly threatening these things and then uh and there's this big referendum to say no we're not going to do it and they're like okay well uh we're going to kick you out of the eu if you don't do it and so <laughs> they were like okay yeah, bully pulpit <laughs> for the fucking um imf which you know yeah yeah just no, traps traps yeah. nations in indebtedness to like the the western imperial um, and that's it. That, that was like that's been the whole pattern with Greece for like the past at least decade and a half, um, and it just kind of keeps getting worse. And like they're trying to say like, oh, now that Greek unemployment is only fifteen percent instead of twenty five percent, like it's getting better because it's, it's being floated Christ. millions more dollars that it can't pay back because everyone's like. Because they're like killing their people with these cuts to anyway. Sorry, I've been the, the statistic shit like 
kills me too because like it, at least with the the unemployment statistics in the United States, like they're so um, inconsistent and like in the way that they track them, and then like yeah, like um, incomplete. They're complete. They're incomplete because like they don't count people who have like completely given up mm-hmm. on finding work and yeah. are just like you know um, fucking languishing in all sorts of other crises that are going on, whether it's the homeless crisis, the opioid epidemic, like all sorts of shit where people just go to be disappeared by the state. (laughs) Or it's just, they don't track like, um, like how many people are actually making enough money at their job to live, you know? Exactly. Because that was the whole, right? That was, that was everything after 2008. Like the, the recovery was just like Uber Eats. Or just Uber, but and yeah, and that's what's happening now with the with the the new financial crisis. It, the same exact thing is happening. Like in the, you know, just trying to get everybody into into the app into the app world. Um, yeah, gee, I wonder why cryptocurrency and like big Ponzi <laughs> schemes are all of a sudden like everywhere. Yeah. 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 That's an ongoing nightmare. Every, every single art person that I'm, you know, friends with and follow having to like have something to say about the cryptocurrency stuff. I no longer have anything to say about it. No, we said everything that needed to be said. We said everything that needed to be said. (laughs) It's just like, I will say though, that I did see like, a Mary Kay car once here in Bushwick and it was mm. very cool. They put in, <laughs> they like sold enough lipsticks to go through the catalog and buy this like pink four door sedan that had a big, like Mary Kay plate on it. Not like you the ever driver's have to... license plate, but like, uh, did you guys like ever that. have to sell magazines or, or wrapping paper to, to fund your school? <laughs> it was yeah and i like i I failed to just do kind of the basic duty of that like i was i was a failed state of a child like i would do it and then fucking forget to turn it back in and then my dad was like you have to go and give these people back their money and i was like i don't know where any of them are and like fuck why was i doing this by myself man like why are they making children do this I didn't make... <laughs> did you have how to do that you say you? no to a child selling holiday wrapping paper you never had to do that yeah oh we did i mean oh, you did. I, we had that episode all, all over the summer where i talked about all my girl scout cookie endeavors and you, you talked about the wrapping paper and Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I I'm oh, just yeah. like I always think about it. Um, it it's it's always like a a, a a weird thing that comes up when it's like, like we're just not funding, we're just not funding our schools. We're not funding any of the things we need. Um, yeah, we're always yeah. in crisis. Problem, but problem is clear. <laughs> problem is is crystal clear. Everybody, hey, did you think that things were gonna be good? Because nobody is. Uh, at the helm of the ship, uh, just have a whole bunch of <laughs> actually a, a super people. demented guy is. <laughs> Sorry, exactly what? nobody, <laughs> nobody. <Yeah. laughs> 
and it's not it's not the helm there's no there is no leadership there is not it's just a like different tiers of pmc so it's and, and you know we're just looking at it like oh what if we treated this like it was a government and it's like why are we doing that i don't really know like <laughs> but i tapped out a long time ago i mean i don't i'm not like participating in the you know whatever discourse so <laughs> there's not, there's not even a discourse anymore like there's really the like, gift wrapping discourse like, or sorry I'm the like, politics discourse yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there's not even really a discourse anymore it's it's really like what's your mutual aid doing here's what our mutual aid's doing it's like what's your like weird survival band-aid group doing um yeah yeah and i, I was yeah like the and the thing is like people who are like people who have been doing that for a while, like they're the ones who know that it's not a viable strategy. <laughs> like, no, no. So it's, it's, like, it's more like new places being like, oh, you guys have been doing this for a while. Uh, we kind of need something like that. Here. Or it'll, I think it'll be like the, it was like, um, and there's nothing wrong with being like new to, no, no, new to stuff, but uh, you would sometimes see at like, Last year at the at the um, at Che the Che Zone, um, <laughs> the city hall encampment, uh, like you would just hear a lot of people who were like, "This could be it, though. Like we could just like this this should just like we can like change the whole world by just like doing this here, like like this." <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's, it is like way more organized than Occupy. And like, it's probably because a bunch of people from Occupy are here with 10 years of mutual aid experience, but they also, (laughs) they also are the ones who can see that, like, uh, we're still right here, but yeah, they, they are really, um, yeah, they and and they've been doing a lot of the like trying to get more public funding route right. as well, which is like also an extremely tired political. It's hard. Route. Yeah. <laughs> it's there's you know it's it's it it is good to keep with it, but yeah, it, it's it, it we I feel like we're kind of like treading water until like the next financial big financial bubble bursts, which um, what do you think it's going to be? Crypto? I don't know. Or, uh, what would I? I mean, I think the Silicon Valley, right? There hasn't been a real since I think, the dot com. I think it'll be another like real estate related one. Um, but I nobody has houses anymore. Nobody has houses, but um, the there 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 is a a, a a brewing subprime mortgage crisis oh. happening in other ways um whether it's Fuck. these businesses that uh are massively suffering and can't really come back the same way um that's all tied to to the larger real estate market like the that's um, a good point this reading like the high the high rises that like rich people normally buy to park and sit on um that's kind of cr- crumbling because oh the God. now that the 
rich people actually have to be in them. Um, they're like, wait, these are built really shitty, turns out. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that might be another point of contention. But I fuck. would love it if the luxury apartment yeah, well, market yeah. collapsed. <laughs> That's the thing. It, yeah, I could see it like, because like something that people are, are starting to write about more and more now is like the small, the like quote unquote small town, small time landlord um, developer, small time landlord developer who is like sort of pick cherry picking different parts of a neighborhood mm -hmm. um, to then sort of like curate to a certain set. And there's still like a shitload of money in that, especially like, you know, they hide behind all these different LLCs and it's hard to trace mm -hmm. it all back to like the same like singular scumbag, but like they're, they're out there and that's like, you know, what they're, they're going to do to like, I think, you know, New York is pretty tapped, but like, you know, they'll do it to where, where all of the people during quarantine scattered to for cheap rent, basically yeah. like your, um, your Pennsylvania. It's coming for Philly. Yeah, Hudson's <laughs> already there. Boise. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever Santa Fe, is that one of them? I don't know. Like a bunch of Santa, the... Or how I always like to call it fantasy. Sorry. <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> God. <laughs> no, I feel like people from... Actually, what am I talking about? Of course they go. Of course Brooklyn people go to Santa Fe. Yeah, wherever I'm thinking of, it's cheap. I'm thinking of Sedona, sorry. Yeah, which yeah, is where like, there's like all the aliens. The the big the big money developer people are just going to start looking there rather than their their usual targets that, um, yeah. <laughs> but that to me, like, I feel like anyone trying to invest in that entire area of the United States is like... Uh, it, I guess, no, it's like, they're like, okay, well, there's 15 years left on it. So I might as well make as much money as possible before it turns yeah, into. It's about Arrakis. getting, getting the big <laughs> shitty cheap buildings up really quickly and badly getting the money yeah. and running. Like they're not there forever. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. why the, the small, the small time curator type is a lot more insidious because they're, they're in it for the long game. They're in it to like, like make, they they're in it to like make the little um you know techno utopian like villa with charter schools and the whole thing <laughs> did you ever read about uh like the guy it was a wired article a million years ago but like how the guy who started zappos.com was trying to create a techtopia in downtown las vegas <laughs> oh. and like was was basically trying to just bring Burning Man forever into these places, like these buildings that he bought, and then like, oh, he's hosting artists. Um, and that's some whole, whole Earth catalog shit. Like, yeah, with the that's like you know all those Silicon Valley people were, were super into that, and then lost the plot somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Let's well, talk about something happy. Fucking, yeah, let's get off this. <laughs> well, what uh, have you guys been watching this week? 
I watched the Adam Curtis thing, so it's also not happy. But (laughs) (laughs) did you read it? Read anything or watch anything this week that you liked, Lucia? Oh, uh, I mean, I also watched the Adam Curtis thing. You finished it too. You guys both finished it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I dude, I took it to the face. Just was like, <laughs> yeah, foot long all the way. Yeah, I, I had to watch it like all like I watched oh, it for, in the span of two sure. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I, but like I was saying online, it's like it's definitely the first time I feel like Adam Curtis has ever tried to put a bow on it at the end because normally he's like very comfortable just leaving you hollow and wrecked at the end. But then yeah, he's I, was, like, I was kind of like waiting for it every episode. And, and uh, I I remember being fine with the last episode. Have um, a David Graeber quote. You earned it. Yeah. <laughs> be, yeah book ended and then started it with a Graeber quote. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't I am, know. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy, I enjoy watching his, his stuff. Like I, like I enjoy anything that's like you know where it's like fun to to trace the different uh sources that in histories and like try to discern like where it's like you're just trying to discern meeting like i like i like anything that's like um me and lucia were talking about on the phone like sort of like a map or a puzzle i like that I've been like killing myself trying to find the um, the like state funded computer game that like apparently you fight the British as the Chinese in like some MS DOS. Like I like took so many screenshots of the like two seconds they had it, which, you know, thinking about it later, it's like those probably aren't even the game because he's just using BBC archival footage. But I like. I can't find this this fucking computer game to save my life. Yeah, I want to play. You should post those screenshots and ask if people know what it is. That, yeah. That sounds fun to play. I have been learning a lot. Of, I haven't been learning anything, actually. I have been, like, trying to play a lot of MS-DOS Chinese language games. <laughs> on. There's going to be a wealth of them. That sounds Yeah, cool. it's, like, on the Internet Archive. You can just, like, it has an, an in-browser emulator. So, oh yeah, that's cool right. thing. If you're bored, go <laughs> check out the like the gaming archive. Yeah, the the Internet Archive rocks. They're so they're mm. they're such a good resource. Yeah, highly recommend. But yeah, Lucia, what are your Adam Curtis thoughts? Um, I thought it was you know it. I love I love all of his documentaries. I'm a huge fan, so take that off the bat. Um, <laughs> I thought that you know, looking at how far the conflicts between ideologies of like individualism and communal action have like how far all of the conflicts have come and how um you know how all of the threads he picks up on that are clearly influencing the moment that we're in it's really fascinating to um 
watch happen like like watch as he weaves all of the narratives um kind of like in this contemporaneous fashion where he'll be like you know it's always like his cuts are always like meanwhile 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 so just like <laughs> watching the sort of development like the spiral occurring as he goes like from all these geo sites and then historical points and like pulls out these narratives that are that are of individuals but then like what the individuals are doing to enact some sort of like communal or um you know decisive like singular vision is i don't know it's it's fascinating to me like uh it, it there was a lot of stuff that I, I got to put together. Like um, I was thinking a lot about Nixon after, after this, this like a weird way. Cause I just had a brain, yeah. like a, had an epiphany. I was like, Oh, the silent majority. <laughs> he was a Quaker. And he, and his, and his thing was like silent majority. Oh, weird. Did that, was there a connection? And then from there, I started to look at every time Adam Curtis was talking about someone having a demon inside of them, like some kind of pseudo-religious sort of <laughs> thing that happens. Like, uh, And it happened kind of often if you like look at the figures that he's, he's discussing and, and how it sort of is like the demon turns out to be this like individuality or it turns out to be this like... Um, will to exercise power and um i don't know there's just little little things like that or that stood out to me like i have a whole bunch of notes that are that are like um adam curtis does jazz <laughs> he does kind of do jazz he's yeah, yeah he's doing what he, he doesn't say <laughs> there is a lot of that like I, I you know I've I was you know in undergrad and shit I always liked media theory and so I got naturally into Adam Curtis through through that stuff um like and to me I'm like I'm like a as a it's, I'm like a technical fan of like the um the the types of filmmaking he's doing like the um the the actual like montage of it and like um the the type of storytelling that that does is like uh it's always like the most compelling like him as like an artist to me is like com uh, very compelling and i like thinking of of his work like that way as like a thing that like a lot of people just enjoy interpreting and i think that 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 is a that is like a productive use of like a lot of our brains. Like even though it feels like, Oh, is this just like the, the Adam Curtis discourse? I'm like, no, this is like, everyone's like discussing a piece of art. Like, and that's cool to me. I don't know. I, I think that that aspect to it is good. Yeah. It's pretty um, rare that we experience anything in our, in our collective cultural lives where we have an event that can be discussed outside of sports or outside of like, you know, national elections. 
It's like, yeah. oh, everyone I know is talking about this documentary and it made me feel kind of excited about having a shared consciousness with people like, you know, I'm not really participating in like Twitter discourse, so I can't be like, oh, yeah, I saw that viral thing, but I'm still like enjoying some kind of media that everyone else is and it made me feel like oh we have like we have this we have this cultural signifier no that's totally the thing so before we were recording i was i was talking about how i got this um this article from that was blocked by an academic paywall and and so i emailed this professor or just this person who like wrote a paper about uh, a drawing that like, sorry, I'm just explaining this to you guys now, but the, like, uh, basically I emailed this person saying, Hey, Adam Curtis used these drawings that you were writing about and that you seem to be like one of the only people writing about in his new series. And I was wondering if I could just have that article. And she emailed me back to be like, yes, you can have the article. I love Adam Curtis documentaries. Do you remember what episode? And you know, like, that it was a very like yeah like that was a really nice feeling that like totally totally disparate like uh you know like i there's no reason for me based on my own practice or anything to go and like seek out this this information about these like it was a drawing of um an opium factory in northern india so yeah but it it was a very like humanizing moment not humanizing moment but like it's a connective moment it's a social connection even like you know i forget if i've talked about this on the podcast before i think i have but yeah like the the idea that you can never have a genuine social interaction online is like completely bullshit like you totally can yeah uh make make real connective ties um on the internet of course like it's um, it's it's really important to actually have a grounded relationships in your like immediate like you know I always talk about tenant stuff and what being and talking to your neighbors and stuff like that I think is important um, but yeah there's plenty like like that's what's like the the left especially in America is such a nebulous thing but like a lot of us will watch the Adam Curtis doc even if like there's a lot of like scathing critique like you know to me critique is really good like i don't know i went to fucking art school i'd like i learned to really appreciate critiques even if someone didn't like my work i i i I think that is a really helpful exercise especially um you know given the subject matter is like um we're kind of stuck the like and as far as like social progress uh what's uh i don't really understand that (laughs) <laughs> like I don't I'm sorry. I I don't really get this critique thing because it seems like most people are not taking the time to think about the information that's presented to them and then they just like go off about their preconceived notions and then they well, like reinforce critique. it with whatever they Sometimes. take in. I it's I just think that sort that's of is like doesn't feel that valuable cuz it's like not generative. I think that's that's a fair critique of the critique. I mean, the one I'm thinking of in particular is um, 
the Yasha Levine podcast about um, the documentary was was very very critical, but I thought really good and coming coming from like um, coming from a generative place and like and as like a fan of of Adam Curtis as well. Um, that's kind of the one I was thinking of. I know there's like a lot of different threads going. I haven't heard like all like all the critiques going on. I mean, I was critical of it while I was watching it, but I was like, my thing was like, I'll just keep waiting till the last episode. But I, at first, I was very, and I yeah, I mean, I liked talking to other people about it because like, for me watching it on its own. Um, I missed a lot of references like that I didn't understand. Like Lucia was like, oh, he's pulling from Max Weber. And I was like, oh, I've actually never read Protestant work ethic. And uh, that makes a lot of sense given the the subject matter of the early episodes. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, it's like people have, people people can be kind of reflexive, but that's part of a conversation also. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just think like, it seems like a lot of people are armed with the sense that their opinion is going to be like somehow valid regardless of like how much they know. <laughs> and it's like, no, like, dude, it's you have you're having a feeling, but at any point, new information can change that feeling. So rather than making kind of like a moral argument or like you know I feel like a lot of our discourse in general around taking in media just turns into like is it good or is it bad why is it bad does it have bad politics or good politics instead of just going like well what am I being presented with here and do I understand the roots of the thing that I'm looking at is the how can I know if I understand where this thing is coming from? Like, what can I use this thing for? Um, am I finding an access point? And like, is it generating other thoughts about like what I could be doing? Because Adam Curtis is clearly representing a narrative of the world that shows us the um like cyclical failures that we've experienced through many attempts at these different forms of liberation and in every failure there's still something that works and it's like for some reason people want to just like shoot shit down and go oh well you know they don't have a strategy or like that's not a viable strategy or like this isn't a real thing or like they don't have a plan or like you know these people didn't have the right demands and it's like no 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 everybody's demands are like i want to live i want to thrive i want to prosper i want a place for my people i want things to be good generally and then like the strategies to get there are the ones that work culturally in the moment and then we're like being presented with a document of that and then it's not about like, you know, it's like the document doesn't exist for us to like it or not like it. It just exists. So like, I don't know, I guess that's where I'm, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to take it for what it is. It's a bunch of, it's a stream of history. And I got to see these people that I read about 
and I got to see like the way that all of these failures kind of like actually left grains of possibility that we can collect and synthesize. Totally. I haven't read any critique of it, any anything written about the series yet, but I had like a kind of moment early on when they were um, talking about the cultural revolution and the red guards and like showing footage. And it was like, I've seen footage of like gigantic Maoist like assemblies and rallies and stuff, but like uh, watching it and like having the understanding from the way they were talking about it to helped me make that connection that was like, oh, they're like, all of these people were there and to some extent probably believed that a better future was possible. It's just thousands and thousands of people, like entire, like, (laughs) and like that happens everywhere. There's, there's so many of us. everywhere and they keep getting fucked over and let down but like the it's that the and so it's it's very tragic but in this case in china um and in and in russia and a lot of other a lot of other places but like the that there's it's generations of people who are who like want want like capitalism to end basically and that kind of energy is, I hate the word energy, but. That mo- like moment of history isn't really here right it's now. Like, it's like a current through history though, because for the past 150 years, you know, like, um, like I want to believe it's failing because I do think that it's failing because there are usually leadership problems, <laughs> significant leadership problems. Which they outline in the series, but uh, it's yeah. It's I, I think a lot of the people online have like an impulsive, like overcorrecting for the USSR and China just to counter like the type of history, mm-hmm. like education that, like in the United States in particular, we get, and I'm sure in England too, but I don't know as much, but um, and and a lot of the critique, I don't know, I don't know what critique you're talking about in particular, Lucia, but a lot of the critiques that I've seen are like people mad that like he didn't show this or that he like, or, or that this document wasn't complete or, or something like that. And that's, that's like quibbles, whatever. I do recommend the Yasha Levine criticism because he and his um, partner, I forget her name, are both um, like scholars of uh, of Russian history, um, and had uh, and, and and like we're talking about the different academics that um, Curtis was uh, taking from, and it was bothering them as like um, like historians that. Uh, that like it was like I think they wanted like a source list or something like I you know um of like stuff he was pulling from which for me I would fucking appreciate that frankly yeah I would really like that because I also would really like to find this fucking game um, (laughs) fight as the Chinese in the opium wars 
Yeah. Like, and they, and they were talking about like hypernormalization too, taking a lot yeah. from Mark Fisher and not really, you know, did Mark Fisher see any of that? Like what really happened, like happened with that? Um, mm. and I think that's fair. I think that's a fair thing to say, frankly. Um, uh, yeah, that so I makes do recommend, sense. I'll, I'll link it. I'll, I'll link it because yeah. I think they're coming from a, a really interesting place. Um, even yeah, and, and yeah, I'm just it, talking not, about like the majority yeah. of like opinionated yeah. people once they're presented with a thing, and it's like, oh yeah. Well, I'm oh. guilty of that. Having a having a flippant take on shit that's like a lot that's ingrained in my personality that's what makes life worth living (laughs) but you know i I, i'm always trying to i try to keep an open mind like i'm not trying to when i do like a take i'm not trying to be like this is the word of god and Mm -hmm. i mean it with every fiber of my being (laughs) like and and no new information is going to change this because that would just make me a reactionary (laughs) And I think that's also kind of Adam Curtis's approach. Like Yeah, frankly, yeah, he 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 brings in new information uh in an in an interesting way, I think, too. Well, yeah. cuz this like one of the big threads through through this series, first of all, I really feel like there should have been something about Kylie Minogue, but whatever. Um <laughs> like no he didn't even like use like he could have used footage from one of her music whatever anyway the um like he talks a lot in the series about the um the conception of the individual and also about the conception of like this like science through time that was leading us to believe um certain things about our consciousness and like that was basically a like um an extension and i think like and i was like of the century of the self which he made i guess i can't remember 2004 or something um but uh like the century of the self was basically all that and but i think there was a refinement of it in this series that i appreciated um and it like century of the self had like a strong thesis, but it, it just went in like a gajillion directions. Whereas I feel like this one almost had a, it's, it's problem was to find the spots and then see where they were intersecting to each other. That makes sense. Um, yeah, it, it got there. It, 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 it um I like a thing that I, I want to watch again also. Like I will. Like I mm-hmm. like I will I will throw it on while I'm doing other work. You know, I, I paid attention the first time. I, I couldn't because I tried, I actually did try to do some other stuff. I'm like, no, there's too much going on. I can't Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> like um but yeah, I mean I, I like the sort of thing that like um invites rewatching and invites conversation like that shit is exciting to me oh but i wanted to mention the um scholar that they mentioned um stuart uh un that's e-w-e-n um and he is a new york-based historian and lecturer on media and consumer culture um and the compliance profession profession and that's all really interesting shit to me and so they were saying that 
Um, it took a lot from channels of desire, mass images, and the shaping of the American consciousness. Okay. Um, 82. And so now it's like, oh, well, now I want to read that. That sounds great. <laughs> right. Wait, what is what is the compliance profession? Oh, the, the type of person who uh, is hired to make sure a work site is compliant with the law. <laughs> so like mob shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to say elevator workers union. <laughs> Or, yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you my story? In I, I interviewed for a job doing compliance. I didn't get it, but I really wanted oh. to. <laughs> what were you going to be making? For construction. For construction. For construction compliance. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think they just wanted, because it was, and it was, um it was a NYCHA project too. And there's all this bullshit. With oh, the, you did with mention the, this. I think I mentioned it off air, but yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck. They use prison labor. Mm. They use prison labor. Yep. <laughs> Not a surprise. Right. Yeah. They use uh, either prison labor or people who programs for people who are just out of prison to yes, um, yeah. To literally like pick trash in Dumbo and clean up after. All these. Do they have to pay assholes. them minimum wage? The the, re the released people. Do they have to pay them Maybe. minimum wage? They probably have some. They probably have some loophole. loophole. The one of the loopholes they do with not prisoners is they're in rehab. Oh, it's so. probably definitely that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, because that was how that whole like that whole chicken factory. Yes, that big was, investigative yeah. report um, that did make some waves a couple of years ago, but like keeps resurfacing because they just keep doing it anyway. You know, there's no enforcement. And as soon as they stop looking away, they just do it again. So yeah. Or they do I it. I feel with... like did the reveal podcast do that one? It sounds like. Yeah. It's, so it's a reveal, which is part of yeah. um, the center for investigative yeah, reporting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. It's like honestly one of the best podcasts out there and no one I don't know no one listens to it I, I used to listen it's, to it constantly at work they got sued by Elon Musk like they're they're doing they the Lord's work thing. they broke that thing about the Elon Musk um, being anti-yellow yeah, <laughs> yeah. anti-yellow so there couldn't be any caution markings in, in the factory <laughs> yeah so people were just like getting run over by forklifts and shit i think the the more damning part of that story was how like all the doctors and nurses were like told to not call an ambulance but to call an uber to take a person to the hospital yeah it was just like serious <laughs> tell me with that yeah i mean but on, i've never taken an ambulance i've always taken <laughs> i mean yes but like <laughs> it's, it's tesla they would have been comped like <laughs> It even was even when I was in yeah. college, like before before Uber, I was like, I can't. It's so embarrassing. No. I can't. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I might have an appendicitis, but I can't. I was just gonna say one time I woke <laughs> up in an ambulance and I and I was like, oh, how do I get in here? And I ran Damn out it. before they could take me anywhere. Good. Oh, yeah. shit, really? Good. Don't let them yeah. charge you five thousand dollars for a, yeah, they a car were like, ride. Yeah, you're you're not doing good. 
we put you in this ambulance. And I was like, oh, well, I'm fine now. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, the only, well, I, I had to, a guy had started calling an ambulance and then he, he passed out before he could oh, finish shit. talking. So I, I'd like. You had to stay I was like, with okay, them. you're like you're you're bleeding. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on nine one one here, but like, <laughs> but like we were so close to a hospital. He was trying to get to Wyckoff Hospital, and we were by my house. Oh, which is which really is close, like yeah. which is like four blocks away. And I was like, this sucks. Like if you just weren't passed out, then I would walk you to Wyckoff Hospital. <laughs> and now you're gonna get completely screwed over by. A four-block ambulance ride. I, I think in New York, it's not as bad as some of these like nightmare scenario um, ambulance yeah. bills. Don't quote me on that, but <laughs> think the laws changed all the time. There, it yeah. used to it used to be that like if your Medicaid expired, like don't you? It's not going to work. But now there's a law where if you even if even if you've had Medicaid within like the past year, you can still go to the fucking hospital and they're not going to. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and you know where they just don't put anyone on Medicaid? Texas, baby. That's no. right. Just Can't be no having one. that. <laughs> if you're not a single mother, then you are not even going to get anywhere close to qualifying. God, but then the, the, the really reductive like um, – liberal bullshit of like texas did this to themselves it's like no they fucking Ooh, didn't yeah. no they didn't like come <laughs> on it's wrong it's, with people dude it's that it's more of that it's more that criticism you know that's why criticism is not good because it it gets co-opted by liberals <laughs> exactly because they don't know what they're talking about yeah exactly yeah, yeah that's, that's a perfect so example of what i mean it's like a like a liberal yeah. high yes. on their own supply will just go, look, I have all the information I need to know that they did it to themselves. And it's like, buddy, like, what are you reading? How, what do you know? How did you get there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not, I'm not you for. Have, show no, your no. work. <laughs> yeah. I will. I think I'm not Cite for liberals. I don't think I don't think liberals should be a part of these conversations. I don't like if if we're engaging in a struggle session or a critique, I and if it's left leftist people that I trust, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and like let's talk through this and like I don't know, I try to be as open with like my prejudices and ignorance and I hope just mm -hmm. everybody can contribute the same if we're all in the um in in the tradition of trying to build a better world and you know build build more coherent political projects or whatever it is like um there i think yeah, the liberals can like participate that. as long as they wear those big paper hats <laughs> dunce like from the dunce struggle <laughs> sessions oh yeah but there's like oh, from the struggle session from a, str yeah, from yeah, a struggle yeah. session in china <laughs> it's yeah. just i assume it just says like dipshit on it yeah. um but i don't i can't <laughs> <laughs> it's a classy, classic they, um, they they have to like go through their their journey they have to demonstrate some sort of journey from from liberalism to um and, and evolve their idea like i've done because we've all like, i don't know maybe i'm 
I feel like I've had I've had liberal views in the past that I've uh, oh, yeah. evolved out of. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it's it, it's just I don't know. I think that is the value of critique is to be like, hey, maybe you were being a little reactionary or hey, maybe this project is actually like super contributing to uh like a, a the liberal hegemony and not good. I mean, that's like the value to me of of mutual aid critique, because where is the line? Where is the line of right. your your rehabilitating a, a broken system, or you're building something outside of it? I don't know. So I need other people to tell me, frankly, <laughs> <laughs> or I need it to be a collective conversation amongst like people I I trust and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's where I'm at. <laughs> but there's something with like the liberal mindset that is shielding a lot of um, trauma from the person who is like willing to take on the party line. You know, there's so many people out there who are like, no, no, no blue states are good and red states are bad and then <laughs> and then you're like yeah but no everything is bad and they're like what no no blue is good there's good don't tell me everything is bad you're bad and it's like yes. well, okay like how valuable is it then to get into it with people when you know it ends up being this sort of like um I mean, it's going to be a temperature of whatever political mindset people have, and that's where they're going to answer from. Like, that's going to be something you're going to get out of it. I, well, yeah, I mean, like I was saying with, with like my family, I like, I'm like, I cannot keep talking to you guys about this because it's like, you have to be on your own journey. But then it's like when I saw my mom yesterday, she's like, all the stuff you're saying about Cuomo, I totally like... <laughs> Like, you know, like it, they, they're on their own journey and they'll get, they'll, they'll get there. I think they'll, they'll, they'll start to understand it eventually. I mean, like the, I just think if you're going to go on like a hearts and minds campaign, the way that we're doing it right now is with a lot of, um, like kind of intellectualized abuse and like the realm of criticism is just like rife with abuse and we're not really meeting yeah. each other where they're at like you know we're not really understanding yes. each other for what whatever someone is going through and yet we're saying like oh well we should really be having a struggle session to understand where everybody's coming from but also fuck these people because they don't know what they're doing or talking about <laughs> I think it's also really easy to get like easy to get angry at somebody who has the point of view that you had two years ago that you grew out of, but then you're telling them the reasons that you grew out of it or came to these different conclusions and that's not good enough for them. I think yeah. people get mad in those situations. I, I, I've gotten mad in those situations. Right. It's also to me, it's like my like a liberal family wants to talk to me about politics it's not like i'm yeah. trying to, <laughs> like like I'll, i will post a thing that i care about and then i'll get a bunch of shit for it um and it's like okay um that i'll, I'll address I'll, I'll address what you're saying to me of course 
and I don't feel like I'm being mean. I really don't feel like I'm being mean. And I feel like I'm trying to meet them where they're at. And uh, like, it's still like kind of like what we were saying before, like where people are like, I don't want to hear it. Blue is good. Like, ah, like, yeah, yeah, it's tough. I kind of realized like if you're if we're using family as an example, I um, at the start of the pandemic, I just was like, look, I don't I'm not talking to you about politics because there isn't any point anything could happen to us right now and our family dynamic is being strained by these difficulties we've been having with like you know ideological discrepancy and I'm like if you want to talk to me let's talk but we're just not going to argue about the system we're going to find a way to to be humans together and it's working yeah you know a year later i can honestly say i feel more comfortable calling them talking to them being in touch and that was important to me because i was scared that they might die of a plague so i was like okay here's one way to keep the social fabric together i'm going to put my foot down and say like and they try. They they still try. They're still trying with me. They're like, and like with the Kamala Harris thing, my God, they wanted so badly for me to be excited about the lady cop. <laughs> they they wanted it. And then every single time was just like actively shutting them down. Like, I'm not talking to you about this, period. Yeah. It's yeah. not. We're going to work together and we're not going to talk about this. Yeah, but I was going to what I was going to say before too like talking I do feel like there is a difference between like talking to liberals that you might encounter through family or whatever or like talking amongst like dedicated leftists or like like my my steering committee of my union who we're all in in agreement on points of unity and or like whatever like Oh yeah. Like the, these I don't know, or even like like I love like talking about the Curtis Doc and the Art and Labor Discord with a bunch of lefties in the Art and Labor Discord. Like that's fun to me. I don't know. That's just people hanging out. And yeah, see, but that's the thing. There's that. (laughs) Yeah, there's no, there's no tension. There's no tension. (laughs) But like I, you know, I know, I know people who maybe haven't like read certain things or like known about certain historical events and it's just like I was just explaining like to a friend who's in a union it's like okay well here's this thing called trade unionism and here's why it's important to you know not not be 100% about workplaces because it has to combine with these other social movements and da 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 like you can't just be like you dumbass how dare you like how yeah. dare you not know <laughs> yeah i don't know like yeah sometimes i do feel like a dumbass where i'm like oh i haven't read this thing um do i i shouldn't yeah talk. like it's because <laughs> like, i will do the same thing and ask my my comrades like, <laughs> i literally asked people today like can you tell me what the actual difference between socialism and communism is <laughs> and like through this year to this year's in this in this particular location it meant this from this year i I know that's basically the answer yeah like (laughs) yeah or like there is no answer and 
well there is like the initial kind of documented difference there's like or i guess like i think of like what lenin wrote about like socialism being an interim government structure that gets you to the dictatorship of the proletariat and once that structure melts away then you're actually in the communism but we've never experienced that point so there's like no way to define what communism actually is because it's an ideal yes and it's just something it's like well you know it's like when everything's the best actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i remember like like our episode about like um sex work where and like that stuff is so fraught where they're like well a commun i'm a communist in this or i communism this and it's like well no we don't we can't we don't actually know what it is yet so we can't <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> communism is the dream yeah i agree <laughs> It, it's the potential it's the thing that we get once we figure out how to meet this place in the century of the self and realize that now that we're all like fully realized um uh units of one or whatever that <laughs> we can come together with <laughs> skills that interlock and and then and then you know whatever build us build back better <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah once once the individual and collective positions are resolved then we'll build back truly we'll build back <laughs> you know my thing is that like everything that's everything that is currently made or happens it's all being done by people that's the graber quote too that's the graber quote too that's it well yeah but like in a in a more like concrete sense like i think the graber quote is concrete like no no no. i mean like literally physically about objects (laughs) every like no it's that you don't even necessarily i mean you like the the actual production doesn't necessarily need to change. I mean, it needs to change if you want to like make it, if humanity is going to make it out of the next hundred <laughs> years. But like, if, you, like all the crappy like dollar store party gifts and stuff, like all of your terrible IKEA furniture, like people make it and like they can still just keep making it. Literally, <laughs> like there's just there's nothing that has to. <laughs> And they know how to do it. Like every single job you've ever had, like working at like a cash register for a bakery, like you know more about what you're doing than the owner. No, it's true. You know? If we if we we could have anyway, basic whatever. like kind of um what's his name Richard Wolf style, um like uh, cooperative models that like we could right, have yeah. that. I mean, technically that is the like, but we don't, Yeah, we're not even going that, we're not even going that way. Uh. (laughs) No, that's insane. You don't deserve pickle jars on every corner, pickle barrels. Um, Do you guys remember that from the Ursula K. Le Guin documentary that we saw? No, she didn't even say it in that. I just read it somewhere. The thing that she didn't get to write in the dispossessed is that there were, there were (laughs) barrels of pickles on every corner. 
and you would just reach in and get one. Just free. Sounds unsanitary. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's brine, and brine <laughs> kills a lot of shit, but... <laughs> <laughs> I would like just pickle like just a like a, like a toothpick dispenser. You just press a lever down and a pickle rolls down. <laughs> like that's all right to me. I that's don't know. fair. Then that would be genius. Also, <laughs> that's the kind of innovation we need. Well, yeah, this is like you know I'm like I'm like emptied of all content and I'm going back to beginner stage of um you know wide eyed wonder. And now all the innovation is just, it's coming to me, dude. It's, it's, well, yeah. After the grill pill comes child stage. Child market. <laughs> you reawaken all, yeah. of the, all of the whimsy and wonder. But that is exactly the kind of efficient production that could happen when it's not about a profit, when it's just about pickles. Oh, my God. That's true. Well, that, that at no me, point did I think about over the profit. overhead. That's the pigs. That's the pigs in Chelsea that Darcy always likes bringing up. They're a source of food. They're readily available <laughs> to anybody, and they self breed and pig. Well, here's the thing, though. Like pigs are kind of <laughs> nasty. I get it from like just the pers- like even when like somebody has like a pet pig. I know, I know. They're like they're cool because they're gross but like they're kind of gross. i think they're cool well what about when they get a little bath and then they have a photo shoot <laughs> you know i mean and they're all pink some of them got little spots on them and you can put a hat you can put a no, hat on a like, pig don't forget like, that's so true it's like the way that you know like little kids always just have some kind of like ring of wet around their lower you know like they're just kind of like pigs have that too a little bit that's just like they are little babies they are human pigs are human they are pigs are human <laughs> they're humans pigs are people <laughs> they are and, they are and so are dolphins they're yeah that's actually the animal i i do feel bad about eating and have been trying to really cut back on because they're they're, they're smarter so than smart. dogs it's fucked up yeah, so and when when you die, you come back as a pig, and then when you die as a pig, you come back as a person. There, there's a religion. True. Pigs are people. There's a whole religion about that. Yeah, they're yeah. and then there's the other one, but they're they're more into cows, but similar. Sure. Well, the one that's into cows <laughs> believes that you can go further than pig. I mean, you know, further than any kind of barnyard animal you just go up and sit on a cloud and there's like a little uh gazebo up there yeah and all the gods are there so don't don't worry about how bad things are (laughs) that sounds like a much more chill religion than the shit we grew up with in america but i don't know (laughs) oh god i i like looked up an a like uh when I was, yeah, like 10 or 11, I, in, in the early era of the blog, the, I found a blog of a guy who was a, a contemporary Hellenistic pagan. And he literally was like, yeah, I sacrifice a goat sometimes to Hermes or whatever. And <laughs> I was like, this guy's figured it <laughs> fucking out. Like, Has he got a cool girlfriend or something? <laughs> is he, <laughs> is he, he uh, single? <laughs> single? Um, 
Well, it was so I don't think he sacrificed a goat to Hermes. The thing with Hermes, I specifically remember was he was like, yeah, you know, it does change like your perspective on life because like, you know, my wallet got stolen. Ah, that's just that's just Hermes <laughs> doing his thing. Oh, and there's like <laughs> it oh, provided a good like, yeah, literal explanation it's the kind of like thing where religion can help you when there's just some insane like tornado and you don't understand it's how it's possible. And you're like, okay, yeah. God's plan. God's will. Yeah. Like, like the footage of all like, and they had it in the Adam Curtis documentary too. When you've got like these wildfires mm. in, in the Western United States and the sky is just red for days like you're driving your little car around and you're like, like God, please, God, hello, God, hello, yeah. God, please. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that is like honestly unbelievable. I would not like that is Satan. That makes me believe in Satan. Because <laughs> how could? All right. Anyway. Well, we, we should wrap um, up. Um, I, 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 Lucia, I'm sorry if your mic, if you sound like a little robotic and I just, but just towards the end, it might've just been your cable, uh, but. Oh no. How about, how do I sound now? No, nah, it's, I mean, it, it, it could just be, I we'll see. Sorry. So sorry if like the last like 15 minutes, Lucia sounds a little robotic, but I don't think it's a big deal. Everyone can deal. I'm just robotic. Cause I've been replaced. By who? A robot? A clone of yourself? A robot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not me. I'm I'm a program. Well, that fits in with the the other shit we've been talking about with the TikTokers who um create clones of oh themselves. I didn't want to bring it up, so uh, I'm glad that you did. <laughs> something that keeps coming up because <laughs> I can't stop. We've been studying up. this. Join us in the Art and Labor Discord. Support us on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Art and Labor. Um, Please support us if you can um, and join the Discord where we do uh, anime music video dedicated study. This is an anthropological group. We've discovered the first AMV from 1984. Did the guy get back in touch with you? I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I gotta oh get. Oh my god! But he he can't upload. We're gonna it. like receive like a Betamax tape. He can't upload it. Have to, I like, know because of copyright. But I, what, no, it's like literally going to be that episode of Cowboy Bebop oh where god. they just spend like <laughs> like weeks it's trying really to figure out how to fucking play this thing. <laughs> like AMV. That's what it's gonna be to like. The Beatles. It's gonna be on a floppy disk, and we're gonna have to find. A floppy to CD, then find the CD to USB. It's sorry, go on. That's exactly what anime it's music be video like. night. I'm gonna share more um, screenshots of Shift Talk because uh, one of the new things that we learned was that you, um, if you stay in Hogwarts a really long time, then actually your body just wakes up and a clone has taken over your body and is just kind of doing its thing for you while yeah. while you're there while you're you shift, while you're shifting into another yeah. plane of reality there's like a helpful yeah. clone that does all your real life stuff for you yeah so and that's how they're coping with um uh life in general right now is that's how the kids are coping <laughs> there was like a friend of like this this um 
video that was like a, a like goodbye to 2010 and it was made 10 years ago but it was of these extremely seen emo kids and it just got like shooped up by the algorithm last week or to yesterday and so it's like nothing but teens commenting like i wish we got a real childhood like look how carefree everyone is like 2010 there were no problems i'm like well you know maybe but they were nostalgic for our or like they, it was like us being into the 80s because I was into the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> I was in high there, there was a nostalgic for the idea that like um, you were really allowed to not pay attention to politics in 2010. I certainly didn't. <laughs> and I was not punished the way that that maybe I should have been. But I, I I was really into anti Iraq War stuff, but I was just a but by two thousand ten. Oh, in two thousand, so that's like call college. Yeah, it for wasn't. Me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing in college, just trying to do my homework. I guess <laughs> I was just like my issue was like I hate the TSA. I wow. <laughs> I was like researching the like UN food drops uh, to places that were experiencing genocide and yeah. getting you really went- mad about how they would fail. I was like yeah. really into um, like uh, learning about Garage Day and like Serbian conflicts because there were these like flights that um, there were like UN care parcels or whatever that would get like flown out yeah. and dropped in these like frozen wastelands and people would like form these survival parties and try to get the, the food and then they would like be genocided along the way and I was like oh my god what am I gonna do and I just made a bunch of paintings about it because I was like I'm stuck here in New York I can't do anything and then 2010, I went to the Gulf and started making documentaries about the oil spill. And then I went to Haiti and I uncovered my first Ooh. taste of lying power because the everybody Ooh. that we were documenting would say horrible racist stuff when we turned the cameras off. And but they turn the camera on and they're like, God loves these people and they're gonna help. We're helping everybody. We're doing philanthropy, so give us your money and we're gonna give it to the Haitians. Promise. And then we would go to these like food drop areas, also food, where like you know, we would see a bunch of armed guards in this place, and then like uh, you know, people would be lining up to try to get a bag of rice or something, and like you know. Um, and then the, you'd see the truck like just drive away because the people who were managing it were like, I don't know. Everyone felt uppity. We're taking our rice. Goodbye. And it was just like the sickest fucked oh up stuff God. because it'd be like, you know, local population that were all like wounded by being in an earthquake. So people sometimes just like had missing limbs and stuff and were like had bloody stumps 
and were like sitting in tent camps and stuff. That was me 2010. I was like way more political than I am now. <laughs> you no, well, you got it. The the full on. You took it full on. Yeah, oh yeah, brutal. I was like, wow, war zone. World is full of lies, and also things are so yeah. much worse than you could even imagine. Yeah, it's like uh, it, it, it's like Garth Ennis is is too generous in. <laughs> racist <laughs> 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 psychopaths in power but yeah. I, yeah that's probably all i was doing was reading garth ennis comics <laughs> he thinks he thinks that these dipshits are able to actually form an illuminati Jeez. <laughs> no yeah fuck that's like in it's in that's an intense experience you went through and that's insane yeah it's, yeah, it's I mean, it, it was also inspired by Adam Curtis, actually, because my friends and I really? realized that, yeah, it's true. That's true. We were watching a lot of Adam Curtis in undergrad and, um, you know, like super into his blog and everything. And then we realized, like, we could be making stories that are not being told because we would, like, sit and watch, like, the footage of oil just like pouring out into the sea and then it would cut to rubble and people being like we're rebuilding haiti and it's totally cool and then we realized like a few months after the initial incidents that like nothing was being talked about anymore and we were kind of like what if we went there and found out what was going on and kind of like from that moment realized like also the implications of us being there because the people we talked to were like, yeah, um, there's all these relief motherfuckers walking around and they think they know what they're doing, but they're screwing up the local economy because we have all of these people out of work that could be helping to rebuild their own yeah. places. And these like kids with Birkenstocks from Vermont are coming and like, they're just, you know, taking their leap year gap year or whatever and like fucking up our shit um yeah so that's, it was, it was, that, i still don't know what to do it'll learn that yeah but it, yeah. i think that's really admirable though yeah like and and it's and it is cool to show like the power of like like documentary films like they do mm -hmm. make a, a like they do help people they are education tools and like and it can cause people to act and and figure stuff out for themselves like like i'm thinking about like in i think it was like in 2011 i got really into hito Strial, which is like kind of what set me on my journey of like understanding like you know labor and like what you know my first internship i was like no, I gotta get paid something. No, like <laughs> you know, like, I gotta. Like, no, this ain't gonna happen this way. And I, you know, I didn't have like any frame of reference for any of that before um, I started reading more about it, and then reading Dean Spade too, and and reading about like, like, cause I was, I feel like I also like was in in, in high school, like sort of on a journey where I was like oh, maybe I'll do charity work. But then I read like Dean Spade, like talking about how, like like what you experience, Lucia, where these groups come and like yeah. just completely dis like disrupt. And they're just basically an arm of 
uh, Western imperialism uh, or the United mm -hmm. States imperialism. And uh, it's like, all, like I thought I was going to join the Peace Corps or some shit when I was in high school. <laughs> I was like, if Whoa. I can't, if I can't do art, if I can't figure that shit out, then I'll just like join I don't want to join the army, but maybe I'll join the Peace Corps. And it's like, no, that's just as bad or like worse in a lot of ways, depending. Like, well, that's the screwed up thing, though. Like when you see all of this stuff, it's <laughs> like you can't, you can't yeah. really like extricate yourself. That was the no. sort of mind fuck that I went through at that time was like realizing that I'm so intricately woven into all of these other people's experiences yes. yeah. of this thing that like none of us can actually change because we're all like pinioned against each other in a way that like we're not able to communicate through because of the stations that pe like people are in you know we were following like when we went to haiti we were following the um like Bishop Dolan from New York. Uh, mm, and yeah. he was going to all these different, like destroyed holy sites and kind of like, you know, talking to everybody like, yeah, we're going to fix it. We're going to make it better. Everything's going to be great. And then, you know, we'd flip the cameras off and, you know, he'd be like, yeah, I mean, but really, I mean, like, how fucked are these people? <laughs> you know, and it was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, all right, you're the one who's really putting yourself in this, like, position. All of us can't, what are we going to do? Like, usurp your bishopness? Like, <laughs> you're here to help. Why are you just helping? And, you know... I don't know. Like, no, if you the, are yeah, classic. in a Catholic relief service and you're giving someone some rice, give them some rice, sillies. Like, just, you know, being in the Peace Corps and doing something direct for somebody, like, still has value. I mean, it could. Yeah, it's like, it's not, like, it, it's impossible. It's just, like, yeah, these larger structures are um, going on as well, and that, and that could be really frustrating. So that that makes sense. Um Fuck, we we've been going pretty long because, oh, like, but it's great. It it was a this is a great. Uh, I'm glad we got to hear about struggle session. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> Who got struggling. to wear the dunce cap this time? Me, I always wear Vote the. I will Twitter. volunteer to wear the dunce cap because it's an illustrative experience, and like I feel like I can take it. Also, I'm just like. Teach me, then. It. Teach me. God, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not afraid to show you guys the performance. Parade me through the um, streets of. Wait, what performance? King's Landing. <laughs> it was in my. Is uh, the first show that I had. I, I made my. I made myself a big dunce cap, and I did a performance as a dunce. But I remember this. Oh, I remember that. The history, the history <laughs> of yeah, it's really, really good. I remember really that. good abstract. You got a, yeah, you got a lot of performance. <laughs> yeah, very yeah, not, not true. <laughs> no, you were doing a lot of clown stuff uh, motifs in your paintings yeah. Then, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, clowns <laughs> and dunces and worldwide <laughs> tragedy. I gave, I gave Lucia a family heirloom that was in Joey's 
grandparents' apartment. That's not really an heirloom. It's just an insane uh, glass sculpture of a clown <laughs> <laughs> that I really wanted to keep, but like Joey hated. <laughs> Like we gotta keep this in the family. You gotta give it to Lucia. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's still with me. <laughs> we'll include it a picture yeah, of it will. in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Not me though. I it's all okay. Because <laughs> I don't know where to find it. Okay. I'll find it. I'll find it. All right, everybody. Um art and labor, we're all going now. Let's have fun, all right? Bye. Have fun, guys. Lots of fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Lots of fun.